This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. This is the morning run. I'm Tan Jung Han with me, Joyce Go. Now, if you just missed the extended version of the Breakfast Grill, fret not because it will be uploaded on the BFM app and also on Spotify. That's right, BFM is now on Spotify, so you can check out those uh, podcasts there as well. The BFM app obviously available via the Google Play or the Apple App Store. This morning, we just had YB Dr. Ong Kien Ming, Deputy Minister of International Trade and Industry, talking Talking about a whole host of issues ranging from the CPTPP, that's the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, basically the revised uh, TPP. And then also uh, talking about Industry 4.0, seen plenty of comments uh, coming in via WhatsApp from you guys about uh, the APs issue uh, um, that, that's affecting our automotive industry. So again, all those issues covered, you can revisit them on the podcast later today. All right, uh, time now to look at the top business stories of the day. Let's start with this exclusive that's on the front page of the Star newspaper. The headline reads, ex-BNM chief questioned, uh, former Benigara Malaysia Governor Tan Sri Muhammad Ibrahim and several senior officials have been quizzed by anti-graft officers. Uh, this is in relation to that controversial 2 billion ringgit land purchase by the central bank from the then finance ministry earlier this year. That's right, Han. So this is according to a highly placed source in the MACC. This is what the star is quoting. And uh, in January, remember, Bank Negara bought a 55.8-acre plot known as Lot 41 from the Finance Ministry for 2 billion ringgit. And the purchase at that time raised eyebrows, you know, because some believe that Bank Negara had overpaid the Ministry of Finance for that piece of land. Right. And it's not just overpaying, perhaps some links to 1MDB. Um, the term bailout was used or the question was, you know, was this... Uh, uh, land purchase, a form of a bailout for 1MDB because they had some liabilities due shortly after the land purchase was secured, right? So now, uh, to be fair, even back then, the then Bank Negara Governor, Tan Sri Muhammad Ibrahim, had told employees at the central bank in this internal circular, you know, that uh, th- th- this is totally untrue, that the acquisition was uh, intentionally made to uh, perhaps help the misappropriation of public funds pertaining to the 1MDB scandal. That's right. And in uh, May 24th, uh, Bank Negara came out with a statement saying that, you know, the acquisition was at arm's length, at an arm's length transaction at a fair value, and that, you know, in the interest of transparency, they had provided details about the transaction to MACC. Yeah, and then we also just learned last week that in August of this year, the bank had launched an internal probe into this, and four uh, officials had uh, gone on leave voluntarily as well. So yeah, it looks like there's this internal probe and also this probe by MACC. So, question is, what is MACC looking at specifically? Well, according to this star's uh, MACC source, they're saying that uh, MACC's probe will focus on looking into the money trail of the 2 billion ringgit and uh, that it will leave uh, to Bank Negara to investigate whether or not the sale was conducted in a proper manner. Mm, right. So, that's on the Bank Negara side. You know, we'll see what comes out of not just the internal probe at mm-hmm. the central bank, but also this MACC probe that involves, uh, involves the former Ben Negara, Malaysia Governor, Governor Tan Sri Muhammad Ibrahim. All right. In other 1MDB-related news, you got some commentary from Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim yesterday um, at the Bloomberg New Economic Forum down there in Singapore saying that it's inexcusable 
inexcusable if Goldman Sachs were found to be complicit in 1MDB. So he said that the government uh, of Malaysia is looking closely into Goldman Sachs deals in Malaysia and whether they were done transparently. That's right. And uh, Dr. Sri Anwar also, he said that, you know, there are discussions about recovering every cent that has been taken out of the country by the leaders or those complicit in this action. Obviously, um, in this case, you know, allegedly Goldman Sachs could be included in this. And, you know, what uh, Anwar is saying is that, you know, we need to under- undergo the due process. But if they are prepared to negotiate, they have to return about 600 million US dollars of fees and commissions. And he also adds that he has no plans to meet with Goldman Sachs executives who are actually in town that day for that forum. Yeah, over there in Singapore, yeah. right? So it could th- those discussions could have begun then, but um, I'm, I mean, I'm being facetious here. Uh, but then, okay, you've got some <laughs> updates coming out this morning here. So it looks like Goldman Sachs uh, doesn't just have to negotiate with the Malaysian government, but perhaps they are ready to negotiate with the U.S. Department of Justice as well, because uh, this morning the Financial Times reported that Goldman Sachs has hired a, um, a a lawyer already that's close to the U.S. DOJ, so close that you know it could actually um, force one of the uh, the criminal division chiefs in the DOJ to actually recuse himself from the investigation. Right. So mm-hmm. how will this pan out? Could this mean a settlement for Goldman Sachs? Again, keeping in mind that six. 600 million US dollar, that's about 2.4 billion ringgit, uh, figure that they had actually earned in fees from deals related to 1MDB. Actually, according to Wall Street Journal, Goldman Sachs has acknowledged that it may receive significant penalties resulting from its deals with 1MDB. And, you know, the Wall Street Journal also reported that Goldman recognized it had weaknesses in its compliance controls. And uh, Goldman's statements about its compliance controls are likely to be looked at by regulators when considering a penalty. Right. So the question here for Goldman is, you know, maybe this obviously is a black eye for them, mm. right? How much the the yeah. upper levels of hi- of the hierarchy actually knew about what was going on? It wasn't just Tim Leisner; he has pleaded guilty. It wasn't just Roger Ng; uh, he was hauled up as well here in Malaysia. But it could go all the way up to Goldman Sachs' current CEO, David Solomon, who just uh, took uh, the top post, I think, just a few weeks ago. Actually, Han, you know, it was previously reported by the FT that almost thirty people from Goldman had reviewed one MDB's yeah. deal approval process. That's Thirty. That's quite a lot. All right. So could we see some jail time or just a settlement? We'll wait and see. And I guess ultimately for us here in Malaysia, you know, it's like how much of that money will we get back, mm-hmm. right? All right. Uh, with the little time that we have left, let's look at more commentary on Malaysia's widened uh, widened fiscal deficit target. So previously, the target for this year was two point eight percent of GDP. Now, following budget. Uh, 2019 that was tabled last Friday. We now know that the revised target is 3.7% this year. That's 90 basis points higher compared to the previous target. But is that a one-off? And if it is, what does it mean for the sovereign credit rating agencies? Well, Han, according to Malaysian Rating Corporation, they have said that Malaysia's one-off spike in the deficit target for 2018, that should provide some comfort to international credit rating agencies as it shows that the government's efforts to get finances back on track that is on track and uh they're saying, MARC is saying that it does not expect a major reaction towards Malaysia's sovereign credit rating. Mm. So uh, again, it's like 3.7% for this year, moderate to 3.4%, ultimately 2.8% by 2021. Still a ways off from the uh, previous expectation of having a near balanced budget by 2020. Yeah, MARC also said that perceptions of a possible adjustment to Malaysia's sovereign rating outlook could linger on concerns over the sustainability of revenue 
in the medium term, as well as you know a possible moderation in global crude oil prices. Yeah, you know, and we had uh, YB Dr. Ong Ming not just on today's Breakfast Grill, but he was also on the Breakfast Grill earlier this week on Monday, doing some uh, post analysis of Budget 2019, and he mentioned that you know the uh, government officials will be meeting Fitch, Moody's, SMP, uh, you know, to to perhaps lay out some qualitative arguments beyond that 3.7%, that wider fiscal deficit target for this year, because there are concerns, mm-hmm. right, about a potential downgrade for Malaysia's sovereign credit rating. If that happens, that means higher borrowing costs. That perhaps means more of our tax money being sent uh, to pay the interest on uh, future uh, debt issuances, right? So uh, in short, it's perhaps not a good side. Obviously, capital outflows, there's a risk there as well in the event of a downgrade. So hopefully the government officials can uh, do their part and assuage some of these concerns. Yeah, I, I think in the longer term, I think all eyes will also be on whether there will be additional sustainable income streams that could be or that would be introduced by the government mm. moving forward because I think that's important. Right, you know, especially in light of you know, Petronas giving that Duran Runto situation of yeah. 30 billion ringgit to help mm-hmm. offset the uh, GST refunds that are set to be uh, dished out next year, I believe, right? So, uh, you know, uh, so Moody's points to this and say, well, you know, this reliance on petroleum revenue, that, um, you know, that, that can be seen as negative as well for Malaysia's sovereign credit profile there. So it's not just the government, it's also on all these other GLCs, right? And what happens to their credit ratings as well. But to be fair, you know, you've got, uh, uh, I think, SMP, who says that Petronas' balance sheet that can absorb these kinds of one-off dividends up to 40 billion for two years. Uh, although Moody's has uh, said you know, that could be a source of concern there. Yeah, they're saying because of the solid balance sheet that could uh, provide ample buffer against the one-off dividend to the government of 30 billion ringgit, given that Petronas' cash and short-term equivalent of nearly 180 billion ringgit as of June 30th, it could finance the dividend. Yeah, and then what does it mean for the ringgit as well, which is now falling below 4, 6, uh, 417, below 417 to the US dollar right now. You know, these concerns over Malaysia's sovereign credit rating, how could that translate into the ringgit? Will it keep an eye on uh, the global forex markets? Alright, it's coming up to the 9am news bulletin, and then after that, we'll take a look at some local stocks. So stay tuned right here to BFM 89. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.